In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. So, today... This is also a tough one to come up with a question <laughs> that like encapsulated some of the elements of the story. Um, but uh, I thought maybe we could start with something because I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question. Um, but Amy, have you ever broken a bone? Uh, no, I haven't. Me neither. I have not even. Yeah, what's the deal? I, I guess we weren't active enough as children or something. <laughs> I do think that's right. I think it's like active slash um, risk takers, right? Indeed. So, like, yeah. even even in my adulthood, I know that like once you're older, you don't really break bones as much because you don't do. Anyway, I don't think I. I try not to do things where I'm gonna hurt myself. <laughs> And I guess that sounds like, duh. But some people, like, actively seek out activities where you can get seriously injured. Seriously hurt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And to me, a serious injury is, like, a cut. Like, I don't want to even have that because it messes up my life. Like, this week, I was really... As is typical of everyone's life at moments, like I was getting up to go to work this week at one point and the semester's just begun. So I'm getting used to it again. And I have like, I'm like, okay, you've got your schedule to get to campus by this time. And on Wednesdays is the one day of the week where I really have to have my morning routine work in a very specific way so that I can get to campus by the appropriate time. So, of course, that was the day where, in the process of cutting a rather stubborn bagel, I also sliced a bit oh, of my no. thumb. Oh, no. And, I don't like hearing about it. And I was very much off-put for a number of reasons. Um, and I was like, of course this is happening today, when I was just congratulating on myself for being, like, 10 <laughs> minutes ahead of schedule. And there this goes. Like, we're all ruined. And so, like, my tolerance for injury pain oh yeah well not tolerance for pain but like my patience with being injured um mm. i don't like it i mean nobody likes being injured no. but like i get upset by what to many people would seem like a very minor injury um sure and so yeah i am similarly where like the activities that i select to do for any reason, for fun, for exercise, for whatever. Mm. I'm just not going to be, like, I remember 
when I moved to Australia the first time, someone was like, oh, are you going to take up surfing? And I was like, are you kidding me? No. I mean, there's so many reasons not to do surfing in my book. But, like, yeah, no, I, like, I, the worst injury I think I've ever had in my life would be <laughs> would be when I hurt myself skiing. And do you want to know what I never did again? Ski. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I never skied again because I was like, <laughs> guess what? That shit's not worth it. Um, yeah. Granted, granted, I hurt myself because I was not good at it. So that's sure. like another reason not to do it. But <laughs> like, no, I if I hurt myself in a I, yeah, no, I just, yeah, I same. I just, I don't like, I don't like being hurt. I know even at the time when I was hurt like that, m- you know, mom insinuated, hello, mom, you insinuated <laughs> that I enjoyed being hurt like that because I could ask people for help and that, like, I could play, sure. like, yeah. oh, go get me this, go get me that. Yes. No, 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 I don't like that. I mean, do am I a person who would categorize myself as, on the lazy side, yes. But do I want to be? <laughs> do I want to be beholden to others to be able to take a shower or to right. walk somewhere? No. Right. Or to no need help with the bathroom, like all those sorts no, of things. No, hell no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm, like mm-mm. just asking someone to deliver a snack to you on the couch is something that is enjoyable whether you're hurt or not and i refuse to believe that anyone <laughs> wouldn't like that um, of course that's different that is and just also here's an- i think so and here's another reason i don't like getting hurt i hate doctors i don't want to uh, go to yeah. the doctor yeah so i and i don't like emergency situations so i don't want to be hurt in a way that there's going to be like an emergency <laughs> like I have to no. go to an emergency room or I have to get a surgery or I have yeah. to like no thank you no thank you yeah and there's a good reason not to trust doctors if today's episode is to be mm. believed so welcome everyone to see you next week in space <laughs> I am Sarah Walsh and I'm here with my sister and co-host Amy Walsh and before I even ask you Amy what we've watched for this week I need to knock on wood right now to make sure to not that my hurt. bones remain unbroken going forward. Wait a second. I don't have any wood near me. Hold on. You can oh, knock shit. on your head. That's also acceptable in a pinch. Should so. I be offended by that? <laughs> no. It's what everyone does. It's a that known counts? thing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's a known okay, thing. Okay. You're not saying my head is full of wood? I am not saying that you are an actual blockhead. No, I'm not <laughs> saying that. Okay. Um, okay. So, have you knocked wood on your head? Yes, I knocked okay, on my head. Okay. 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 We're great. We're great. We're ready to go. <laughs> so now you may say what we watched this week. <sighs> okay. So we watched an episode of the Ray Bradbury Theater, which was, uh, I guess, aired. I don't actually. I have questions for you, but um, mm. from 1985 to 1992. And specifically, the episode we watched is called Skeleton, which is season two, episode two, and it aired originally uh, February 6th of 1988. Correct. So this, according to the IMDb description, is a Canadian-produced anthology series scripted by famed science fiction fiction author Ray Bradbury. Many of the teleplays 
were based on Bradbury's novels and short stories. Um, so uh, I, as you'll see here, I have like basically nothing about this yeah. show. <laughs> oh, um, so then I guess I can't ask my question. But I, you do can you try, know, just, but like, okay, let me try. Okay, okay. <laughs> It's not I'm like that hard and it doesn't really matter. But uh, was this something that you imagine aired in some type of like regular basis? Like it was it actually on TV or was it more of like a special? Was it seen as like a like specials or I'm just curious. Like, well, that I can. I mean, maybe figure out from the air dates. Um so no, this is a weekly thing. Okay. That began. I didn't in, look to see how many episodes were in each se- season or whatever. Yeah. So season one, which kicks off with an episode featuring Leslie Nielsen. Um. So began, oh, that was my other question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, go ahead. What is your other question? I was gonna. My other question was: Was it the kind of? Um, was it the thing to have a guest starring person, like a, I like think a famous so. person in each yes. episode? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I okay. think so. Maybe not in every single episode. I don't think they were able to get one for every single episode, but I know that like okay. um, Leslie Nielsen, Jeff Goldblum, Andrew Barrymore are all uh, okay. featured rather Jeff Goldblum heavily. Jeff would be perfect in a thing like um, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So season one begins in May of 1985, and then there's like – a week there's two may and june then another a month later in july then and this is all identified as season 1 and then there's another run in hmm. february of 1986 where that's meant to be season 1 and then season 2 mm-hmm. the one we watched from let's see mm-hmm. season 2 is more regularly every week um okay. ish not and it, not super, yeah, it seems to come and go a little bit. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. So I would say that interesting. the first season, unsurprisingly, was as usual with, you know, first seasons, like some pilots and some inconsistency with airing. Um, but then mm-hmm. it looks like the later seasons become more regular as they go. Okay. And then they're a weekly okay. thing, more or less. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Um, And then, yeah, so I don't know why there isn't much kind of on the internet about this um, because it's first made in Canada, but then very soon after it starts being um, like pumped into the American market through a variety of different um, like cable channels over the years. Um, And you Mm -hmm. said you had seen this, which I had no idea of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know which ones I've seen, but I definitely, because it was, there was a time period where, you know, Isaac was into this. We also would watch this and like Tales from the Crypt. That was sort of like similar, I think, in in variety of like Mm -hmm. having those episodes that were contained and then also having like famous people in them. Right. Um, Kind of like Are You Afraid of the Dark, but for grownups. Exactly. And yeah. and Goosebumps was Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark are Canadian. So this that's is like true. the adult yeah. version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So that all makes sense. Um so in terms of 
this specific episode, um, and I and I have to assume this was also kind of true of most of the episodes in this series, which is like there's one kind of main famous person who is the important guest mm-hmm. star who's like the protagonist, and then there's at most just a handful of other people in yeah this show, um, and in this case we really have a very light amount of cast, so. I like that. I will say, as yeah. a person with attention problems, <laughs> it helps me to have less people, people to remember. Yeah. And I guess, you know, as like that's well, why I struggled hard with shows like Game of Thrones. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I think a lot of us did, especially because <laughs> in that show, like people's names were quite similar as well. So it was like doubly more challenging Forget to figure it. out who I they didn't were. know who anyone was in that show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in terms of how this works, we have an opening gambit that features Ray Bradbury, so I won't really call him a member of the cast, but he is there in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. and when this particular episode aired, he was 68, and as already described in the description from IMDb, he, at this point, he was a very well-known science fiction writer, um, particularly known for things like Fahrenheit 451 and something this way comes, something wicked this way comes. Um, mm. I also, I didn't know this, but he also would occasionally write for various Alfred Hitchcock, um, oh. anthology series back in the, you know, mm. like sixties and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of his work, short stories and novels, has been adapted into various TV and movies. Um, so he's, it, I guess it was only a matter of time that the, something like this yeah. was going to develop. Um, in terms of the protagonist, the character's name is Bert Harris, which I'm not sure if that was ever said in the show. Um, mm, I didn't, wouldn't have known it. <laughs> but it's uh, played by a 42-year-old Eugene Levy, who is the reason I chose this episode over some others, um, <laughs> who we don't really need to talk about because we talked about him when we talked about multiplicity long, long ago. I totally forgot he was in that. I did as well. And then when I was about to dive into finding out about Eugene Levy, I was like, Wait, we've already talked about him. Perfect. No, let's move on. That's funny. I I will say we don't have to talk about him, but I will say I do love him. And I, I will also say that he and I said this I said this to mom too, but uh I do think he's more handsome now as an older man so. than he was at this time. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Yeah, well cuz when he's younger cuz this is like premium how he looked in Splash as well like yes those mm-hmm. horn rim glasses and that kind of like mm-hmm. hair that's cut short but you can tell is very curly sort of thing yeah like and um, it's like very it's like very much like in a like a shape like yes, I feel it's like, like a hair weird now square. looks a little bit more <laughs> like, yeah it's like very shaped in a way that's like a little unnerving yeah but, yeah, yeah. and he, he always had like, like um like he also had that look of and I remember this too like you as a little girl did not respond well to men who looked like Eugene Levy um <laughs> where there was like um like a swarthiness like um a kind of like semi permanent five o'clock shadow thing happening. Mm. Um, I mean, I know exactly who you're referencing in our real life, 
oddly <laughs> enough. But like, and I and that is funny because I know exactly who you mean. But like, I don't know if it's like. I also think you, with Eugene Levy specifically, in his characters at this time, he was, A, in Splash, he was the bad guy. So I think right. that connotation right. for me. But also... But he has a change of heart in, in that movie. He starts out as a bad guy I know, who that's has true. a change of heart. That's true. That's true. But he made lots of bad faces and he screamed a lot in that one. He did. And he, in this it's one, true. he makes a lot of bad faces. And He does a lot, a lot of, like, contorting yes. of his face and screams yes. a lot. So I think it's also <laughs> the fact that, like... The character, I find his characters that he's played in his older life, mainly on Schitt's Creek, to be more likable. So I think in turn, I've like... Well, and also his stuff with um, Christopher Guest as well was more... Oh, yes, of course, ...in the realm of likability as well. Yes, that's right. Um, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, so then there is his... I feel bad for this woman who plays his wife. Not the mm. actor, but like the woman who is his wife. Like I feel bad for Burt Holy Harris's wife, shit. Clarice. Yes. Um, yes. Played by an actor named Diane Dakila or Dakila. I'm not totally sure how she pronounces her name. Um, mm-hmm. She is someone who seems to be kind of like um, a fairly constant working actor particularly in Canadian TV. Um, hmm. Her first I credit... she looked familiar to me, but probably oh, not. No, not to me. Um, I, I'm probably wrong. Well, there was nothing that stood out to me. There may be something that stands out to you if you looked at her credits. Um, her first one was in 1976. Um, and then it's kind of patchy for her until around this time, like the mid to late 80s seems to be when her work really picks up. Um, particularly in the realm of TV. She does quite a lot of TV Mm -hmm. movies, again, in Canada in the early 90s, um, one of which is called Married to It. Um, I don't know what that is or what it means, but it seems intriguing. Um, Then she does some voice acting for, um, like, an animated show of the, like, Richard Scarry number at some point. Oh, okay. That's funny. Um, but do you remember the Richard Scary books where it was like all a bunch of like little mm. mice and things like doing activities? Hmm. Not really. That kind Richard Scary sounds familiar, but I can't remember that description. Now it's not it's spelled scary, but it's not actually scary material. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> like, um Richard Scary, I'm I'm gonna look up some of his images to see if I can explain it a bit better. Oh, it's scary with two R's. That's, sorry, that's part of the problem. Um, Mm. But yeah, it's like different little animals, and he made like lots of different books, and it's like where basically each page is just like a series of different illustrations with relatively few words. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, she is in an animated uh, series that was inspired by that at one point. Um, And things started to slow down for her around 2007, but she still seems to occasionally keep popping up um, and did so until 2019. And then since that is currently her last credit is in 2019. um, So Mm -hmm. she may pop up again at some point because that (laughs) seems to be the thing that happens to her now. But she maybe also has decided she's done acting. She's over it. Um, 
Which is fair enough. Um, The other important uh, person in this, I'm not going to, let's see if I can, Moneyant. Yeah, that's the name of the doctor is Dr. Moneyant, although it's spelled Munigant. Um, Oh. And that's played by a guy named Peter Blaze, um, whose first Hmm. credit is an episode of Fairytale Theater. Um, I love that. Do you know which one? I can't remember now, but it didn't necessarily ring any bells with me. It was not one of our beloved ones, certainly. Oh. Um, Mm. And he has a similar career to Dacula um, in terms of... Wait a second. Wait, I'm looking at his... Wait, is he little? Did he play Rumpelstiltskin? No. No. I would remember that. Sorry. Um, If he were Rumpelstiltskin, I would have written it down. I know that. Okay. <laughs> um, so. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. I just looked up which one it is and I know exactly why. We, it's from Julius Caesar, which I didn't remember there being a no, nor I. fairy tale theater. That sounds like a boring one. <laughs> I, I definitely don't recall it. Um, yeah. So, wow, okay. Sorry. Similar to Dacula or Dacula, um, he has a kind of a TV oriented career. Um, although he mm-hmm. has less gigs than her. Um, and by 2007, he had fully wound down and didn't appear in anything after that time. Um, and these mm-hmm. are the main people that we need to know for this episode. But I did want to also mention that the guy who plays the fat guy in the show is an actor whose guy. name is Thick Wilson. Wait, hold on. Who was the fact? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, we have to talk about that scene. <laughs> it, yes, we will, because uh, it was the weirdest thing in the world, except for all the rest of it. <laughs> if that had been in a normal show or movie, that would be that would have been the weirdest part. But because we watched what we watched, it was just the just same one, amount of weird. One, <laughs> yet old. another... Drop in the barrel of weirdness where you're like, I don't know, man. Thick Wilson. His name, his acting name. I can't imagine his parents named him Thick. (laughs) I mean, that's it's a pretty good name, but wow, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I I wanna I feel like Thick Wilson maybe like did a bit of acting for this show, but I wanna believe he was like a local um comedian in Toronto or something and they're he like was hey a man. Tommy boy he was that's what this thing says I want to find Whoa. his Wikipedia that says like okay his real name oh no it's totally different <laughs> of course his real it name is. is John Addison <laughs> his name is John Addison Bell John Bell is not a bad stage name I mean it's but Dude. like it's it's no thick Wilson he was also in The Dark Crystal as the voice of Skakukulu something. Oh, oh. I, don't know. I don't know that show very well. Oh, anyway. He, no, he's the voice of the gourmand, it says in the IMDb. Oh, oh of a slee oh. stack. Yes, he's a voice of a slee stack. Is that the word you were wondering about? Yeah, but this says, I don't think, I think whoever wrote this one doesn't know how to spell slee stack because it says like skik ayuk. Oh, no, the Sleesacks maybe are different. I forget. I Dark Crystal is not one of my preferred. 
Oh, um, got it. I think Sleestack is in. What do I know? I don't know shit. Anyway, um, Thick Wilson. <laughs> good old Thick Wilson. He's got his own IMDb wow. page, so he's doing pretty good. He's got his own. Wait, is this the Wikipedia page that you found? That you're I don't. At? I didn't. I can't really find a Wikipedia page. There was like a wiki fandom one or something, oh, which isn't okay. really the same. No. Oh, Muppet but, Wiki. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. He's done a lot of voice work, is what it. I'm. Oh, the Skeksis. The Skeksis. Yeah, yeah sorry. Sleestack Stack is a different one. Okay, sorry. Wait, um, that's how you say that word? Yes. Skeksis? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, he was in the Dirty Dozen. So he actually turns out to have a pretty good career, <laughs> I'd say. Um, oh, poor old Thick Wilson. Thick Wilson. I don't think we even need to say poor old um, because he seems to be doing pretty good. He's got a bit of voice work. He's in a movie called yeah. Morons from Outer Space, which I'm definitely putting on our Wait list a second. for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That sounds good. Yeah. it's. Uh, I've got such a long list of like possibles, but like, let's see. Let's get to <laughs> Okay, here we go. Morons from outer space. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Will that be something when I remember that I've written that down? Oh, there's also <laughs> there's also even a TV movie he was in called Murder in Space, which I'm also putting in. <gasps> Ooh, now yeah. that sounds good. Yeah, and that's it's Murder in Space. It's a TV movie from 1985. I bet it's real Ooh. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds brilliant to me. Yeah. Oh, he was also an elf, apparently. He was in 26 episodes of Alf. Oh, my God. This Wait, guy well, is As a amazing. human or as a voice? As a human. <laughs> as a human man. That's so funny. Um, okay. Okay. Well, then, Thick Wilson, we look forward to hearing from you in the future. He's got like some better credits than some of these other people. I know, he really does. Um it's like him and Eugene And I will say his acting in this was quite something. I think it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he it went a different direction than what I was expecting. And we'll get to it when we get to that scene, yeah. but like that scene started in a yes. place where I was like, "Oh, brother." And then it went yes. to a place where I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> well, it went to a place where I was like, Oh, brother, as well, but like in a different way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm even. What is happening? Is I guess what <laughs> I was saying. I felt like I felt a lot of what is happening vibes with this. Well, that was like sort of a a constant the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing, um, and especially I think this has happened a lot to us. Like lately, I've found a lot of these um, kind of anthology type things where it's like maximum 25 minutes which is nice which I do love yes yeah but it means that I'm confounded most of the minutes like I'm just like we I can't we get well, even slightly more information they're than packing in a lot of stuff delivered. Yeah. <laughs> like um yeah or they're, they're not, packing in a lot of stuff 
or without not, explanation. Yeah, or they're not yeah. packing in anything, and you're like, "But what's happening? I'm. So, I can you just tell me? Just tell me what's happening." Well, like, it's sort of like they start in the middle of an idea. Like I like okay, so not to I'm not trying to hijack this, but like it starts off with what's his butt Ray Bradbury. Always. Yeah. And oh he does he does his little VO stuff, but right. like But it's also a shot of him walking through his office. Mm. So it's more like that's more like a sort of like a credits ish. If yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the like, opening. Yeah, the opening, and I guess a court. This is something I learned from the Wikipedia page for this show. It's like they eventually did away with this opening jazz, but like initially, oh. he like walks into his office, and it's like this room that I would actually personally have a very hard time working in because it's too cluttered. Um. <laughs> It's like That's, I feel I will say I feel like when uh, writers or academics or something are portrayed they're portrayed in quite mm, what's the word cluttered spaces yes <laughs> I guess. yes like yes. lots of books lots of like this and yeah. like in a in dark like a dark room with like a big desk and a lot of books but there's like lots of piles and stuff right 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 so what you're saying is is that academics are portrayed as just this side of being a hoarder and mm-hmm. and then that like craziness gets like funneled into their work. Yeah, and then they like show them teaching in classes and like their hair is must and they have like ten pencils in it and they're like yeah yeah. coffee stain. And they're like, what you must understand about (laughs) this thing. (laughs) And they're like, wow, this professor is crazy. (laughs) Yes. I know. I know how me and my compatriots are portrayed. Um but I'm actually I'm weird in the opposite way. Like when people come into my office they're like it's Did really you just empty in here, in here. <laughs> yes. um and that is partially because I have these massive bookshelves like along one wall and I have not even a book on them because I didn't want to spend the money to get all my books out here which wouldn't well, even make fill sense. the shelf, also, shelves anyway but like it would look a little well, bit and better also, right but then also you have to think about like if Unless you're, like, <laughs> tenured at a place or, like, know that right, you're going to have the right. same office for a certain right. amount of time. I'm I'd just be not like, going to bother. books yeah. back and forth. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, I ha- I'm the opposite. And admittedly, it is true. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. In an office like he's got, I would be like, I can't even be in this room. Like, it is not yeah. conducive to me sitting quietly and like paying attention to what I'm doing because like every surface was covered with something and like, and he's, he, his VO is explaining that like all the weird tchotchkes and knickknacks and things are like his inspiration. So he likes to like look around and be Mm. inspired by these Mm. things. And so I guess I ne- I don't think I'm trying to remember now. I don't think I've ever watched Tales from the Crypt, but is there a similar thing where they have like a weird opening something? Yes, or but other? I mean it's yeah, it's the crypt guy, crypt, crypt keeper, keeper. I think is yeah. probably his name. Yeah, and he's like a little skeleton, and he like right. pops up and is like, Wah! 
um, yeah. and like tells some little tidbit and then at the end they usually close it that way too I think sure yeah I mean um, I guess it's similar to how like Twilight Zone starts with Rod Serling Ster- right yeah. like it's a, a bit of that um mm-hmm. but like Ray Brad first of all there's no way that's his actual office like no way in hell <laughs> um because I just feel like here's my thing like if I had an office and I and maybe I even like tchotchkes and I like collect things from my life and from my travels and I put them about on shelves to like look at and admire. Um, I don't think I would be admiring things like weird piles of goo um, or like things that look like cursed marionettes, you know, like and things <laughs> like that. Um, that might literally be his office. I'm not convinced that it's not. Uh, or at least if obviously like the one in the show is like a recreation of his home office because I am looking at sure. a picture. <laughs> oh, really? From the show? Ray Bradbury's House of Fantastical Stories. Oh. Um, no, this is – I don't think this is from the show. This looks like – this could be his home office, this one picture I found. I don't know. And it does look like your hell. Um, oh, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing what you're doing. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't like. There's oh, like, I don't like. There's like scripts all over his no, little tiny table. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. He's got like, there's like a tray of food on one side. I, I see exactly and... the picture you're looking at. I don't, there's that Mylar balloon. I don't like any of this. <laughs> oh, God. No. And the black and white one yeah. next to it is even worse. Yeah. He looks like a. Well, is the black and white one not from the show? I don't know. I well, can't remember I anymore. I I think this is his real office, I guess. And yeah. what I'm not sure is if they filmed in there or if they've made some sort of a recreation for I the would show. imagine it would be a recreation, but Oh, I don't I like I don't this know. at all. I don't like this at <laughs> all, at all, at all. Because especially that color one from The Guardian, he that when he's older. And he's got the food next to him and the telephone and, like, what looks to be, like, at least one used tissue. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I know exactly which one you're looking at. But I don't like this. I don't like it at all. It is it is making yeah. me feel, you know, like, because this is one of my fears of, like, what I might he become. He also, in one of these pictures, <laughs> as an older person. And I'm like, I, I think he very, might be. Even the very hint of a hoarding thing makes me sad for older people. And, like, I don't like this. I don't – but hoarding isn't, like, an age thing. Maybe it is for some people, I guess. Like, you start to feel like you you need to cling to things. But You can hoard at any stage of life. But I feel like I especially associate it with sadness when it's an older person. um, That's true. Oh, my God. I'm looking at one – I'm looking at one picture, like (laughs) – now I'm just going to look through all pictures of him. And he's <laughs> he's wearing, first of all, shorts, which... I know. I just, why? I know the exact picture because I just found it as well. He's wearing shorts. And the coffee on the table. The coffee see, on like, the, the table. the coffee in the middle and then of the, the pi- table. And then the pile of papers on the TV tray. 
And a TV tray. He doesn't even have a desk. He doesn't even have a real person I desk. I don't like this. I don't like it at all. I got to turn this off. I got to. Well, you know what, though? You know what, though? I feel like if I was in that room, I might write a crazy ass story like this. True. True. <laughs> like, well, so then he was right. These things are his inspiration. <laughs> this uh, this isn't just a bit. I thought this was a bit, but I was wrong, and I'm sorry for being wrong because now I'm I'm concerned in a different way. But anyway, so we 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 see a vision of Ray Bradbury's horrifying office, and then we are then we get the good old you know like Chiron that tells us this episode is called Skeleton and we start mm-hmm. out in a local library um and it's a library in the 80s so people are actually there um and Bert is reading a big pile of books he's got various books out one of which i think prominently shows like a skull on the page and so we're already like okay so this guy is like obsessed with bones or something um and then the next thing we know Bert comes to a doctor's office where he opens the door to a waiting room filled with people that all look nuts um in various ways (laughs) uh there's one woman who has quite an intense like lavender colored mohawk going um oh gosh I didn't even remember all this well and he's staring at them for some reason though I don't fully know why um and so finally he gets called into the office and the doctor who he's going to see is like I had you come in here first because you always make everyone really nervous because you stare at everyone in the waiting room um (laughs) so that's cool um and so he goes to see the doctor (laughs) He weighs in at 186 pounds, um, and we very quickly learn that uh, this is not Bert's first visit to the doctor, that in fact, Mm -hmm. he's a hypochondriac, and we don't know how often he comes to the doctor, but it sure seems like he comes there a lot. That's such an interesting affliction to me, because... I would never, <laughs> as previously mentioned, yeah. I would never go to the doctor more than was 100% necessary. Yeah. No, I mean, I I guess I understand it in the sense that, like, per what I was saying at the top, when I do get even the slightest injury, I'm very aware of it, and, I, and I'm, like, monitoring it quite closely. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I don't mean that I don't understand the like hypochondria aspect of the it. actually going to because, the doctor like, part. I, the going to the doctor part and like confirming a thing, I guess, is what I don't understand because I definitely have pains where I'm like, well, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> start uh, probably like start arm the, cancer or start something. Start the like. countdown <laughs> clock now. Let's go. Yeah. So I get that, but it's just like I would never go to the doctor for it unless yeah. it got like really, really well. Like, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if a psychiatrist might distinguish those two things. Like hypochond does <laughs> like does hypochondria depend upon actually visiting the doctor a bunch, or is it about the fears of possible disease? Like which one is the more important, like part of it, right? Right, like, and I feel like just. A, 
Right. I feel like a fear of a disease can't possibly, just that alone couldn't possibly be considered like a disorder. That seems pretty logical to me. No, well, because like, it's not just like, I think, yes, it's like probably most people would feel, well, did in fact feel fear about COVID at least at st- the start, you know, like being afraid mm-hmm. that you might like have a heart attack or um, leukemia or whatever. Like I think simply right. being afraid of those things is fine. I guess the hypochondria part is that you get like a sprained ankle because you just weren't paying attention. And then you're like, because I sprained my ankle so badly, I must have leukemia because my bones don't work. Like that's, I think, the Whoa. difference. Yeah, right? well, that's, <laughs> yeah. Or, or like where the, where the fear becomes debilitating or like gets in the way of a normal existence. Right. And, and like, yeah, I think it's fine if you're like, maybe even someone you might describe as slightly nervous. If you're only going into the doctor <laughs> twice a year, they're going to be like, well, fine. Like that's pretty, that's, yeah, that's like, pretty that's, standard. That's still maybe more than is necessary. Cause if you're getting like annual physicals, maybe you don't even, you know, whatever. But like, um, this yeah. guy clearly comes in. But yeah, this, this guy seems often. like he comes in maybe once a week. Yes. Yeah. And again, I need to say this isn't a personal attack toward me. Cause what is he? He's a professor. And so again, we get this double whammy of <laughs> like part. people who are like creative slash academic types, their offices are disgusting because they're hoarders. And also... <laughs> They are also neurotics who have hypochondria. Like, there's no, like... Well, I mean, the hypochondria part is definitely, like, case by case. I would say as <laughs> as a group... Highly strong. Yes. You all might be I neurotic. Agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, but what I would say is whereas, like, this is a guy who's a professor in the mid-80s. His life was going pretty great. He got a job, no problem. Um, the people who are my age who are academics Tell now, the reason we struggle with mental illness is because of our job. <laughs> Whereas before, people with yeah. mental illness went into the job so they didn't have to deal with other people, if that makes sense. Like, that does make sense, although it's not really true that you don't have to deal with other people. Well, no, but it was truer then. Um, I guess. Or I think the idea is like, I think what another, we'll just like dissect what people think of professors. But I think another thing that people think of academics or professors or people like that is that they are squirreled away Mm -hmm. in their little dirty ass office all the time writing, writing furiously or researching furiously. Like, you know, just like so smart that they're weird. Yeah. Basically. Like. And, and that human interaction is what they are not good at. Like they're all socially more so more than they're just like all neurotic. They're all also socially inept. Right. And <laughs> and the thing is, is for like more senior people from whom I've learned. Although I wouldn't say any of my more senior mentors were quite this way, but of the ones that I'm familiar with, that was closer to accurate. That's accurate. (laughs) Um, Closer to, I mean, because I'm not even kidding. 
it was a lot easier to be that person who was like, the reason I decided to do this is because I like the lab more than I like being around people. I like being around books more than right. I like being around people. And in the okay. olden yeah, days yeah, yeah. of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and even maybe into the early 2000s, that there was a way that you could do that in quite a number of different capacities that is just very hard to continue to do now. Um, For example, I had a couple of teachers in high school. Now, they obviously (laughs) were not professors because they taught high school. But I had a couple of teachers in high school who I think probably shouldn't have been around people. Right, right. (laughs) Like, they, and they definitely shouldn't have been around young people molding minds. I will say that. (laughs) And... I could I could say a lot more, but that's what where I'll leave it. Yes. Now, in the case of Bert, he shows up at this doctor's office, and um, he's complaining to his doctor that his bones have been aching, and he doesn't he feels like something's wrong with his bones. Um, like similarly, I would say I have felt like my bones are aching lately. <laughs> waiting for you to say something like that uh, oh god but that's because I, okay. for me I can't speak to Bert's circumstances but for me the reason yeah. why I feel like my bones are aching is part one aging horrible and sure. part two yeah. that like this is the first um semester where I've like been fully back to activity levels of a pre-pandemic nature and so sure like I'll get home and I really will be like my body is like you've done enough like don't you're just lay yeah. down like you need to lay down no I get that like, so I am curious I was gonna say what is it what do you what do you feel the difference is between like your bones aching and like your muscles aching? That is because a good I'm not question. sure I would be able yeah. to. Yeah. Actually, you're right. I I guess probably mostly what I'm describing it truthfully is muscle ache rather than bone yeah. ache. Which I'm not sure that I know I what a bone like ache bone feels ache like probably to be honest. Is terrible actually. Like I'm like starting to feel a little achy right now <laughs> talking about it, but like uh, but I don't really know what bone aching would feel no, like, me per se. Neither. I guess you're right, because the things I'm describing are things where, like, um, if I soak in a hot tub or ice something or that just alleviates rest it. or stretch, yeah, then, then I yeah. feel better. So I guess that's all muscle rather than bone. So good. That's great. We don't know what arthritis feels yeah, like, which is excellent for us. <laughs> Um, but Bert clearly is having some problems. The other thing that I found weird about this scene, which I'm not sure if you noticed, but like, so the scene's going on, it's cut, you know, cutting to where we're seeing, um, Eugene Levy and then back to the doctor and Eugene Levy and back to the doctor. And the doctor has this big window behind him. And in the window is a window washer, just washing away and... I was like, yeah, this is really quite distracting. And it was so distracting that I actually was like, is this going to be something? Is that supposed to is mean this, something? Is this like, yeah, are we about, because I kept expecting some sort of a bit 
to happen at some point during the scene. That was going <laughs> to be just didn't happen. that was going to be window washer related, and it and then nothing yeah. happened. And I was like, okay, that's so interesting. Like, Fair enough. Um, that was just like, they were just trying to make it seem really realistic. I They're like, oh, guess. we're just in a building that could possibly have. <laughs> I guess. Or. or and what a weird role to get as the window washer. Or it or maybe literally was. the window was, washer the creepy guy? No. Or it was that like the day that they were filming that scene, <laughs> they were <laughs> they washing the window. window and it was just like, well, <laughs> we've got to do it now. So let's just go for it and say nothing about it. Like, it'll be a bit of cinema verite or something. But, like... Um, can you imagine? I guess. I mean... Can you imagine being a window washer and being like, I think I'm in a movie <laughs> <laughs> or something? Like, they, like, filmed me while I was just, like, doing work today. There was, and like, I some... I had to, like, sign a release, yeah. so I think I might be in it. There is a window washer from Toronto who, like, came home one day and he's like... <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl, do you know what? I think I'm in a show. You know. <laughs> was that your Canadian accent? Yeah. Oh my god. Wasn't it great? Oh, that was good. <laughs> it was really good. Um anyway, so uh the doctor basically like says, listen, man, you're a hypochondriac. This isn't a real problem. Um, please get out of my office, basically. Um Mm-hmm. To which Bert gets his dander up, and then we see him in a telephone booth um, looking through the white pages to find a different doctor. Um, for those of you who might... Do you want to explain what the white pages are? And a telephone booth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole thing. For anyone who is young, and by young, I mean someone born after 1990, um, which means you are 33 years old, Um a telephone Yikes. booth is a weird little room made on the street, so you can make a telephone call. Room <laughs> <laughs> made on the street. Uh, so you can make a telephone call in semi-privacy on a payphone, and then sometimes, or not always, the payphone would have a, a phone book attached to it with a cord or a chain. And the phone book has numbers in it of things you can call. Would you agree with that <laughs> description? I mean, yes. That is what they were. It, is, it, it sounds so crazy. I mean, but um, people didn't have phones in their pockets. And also... No, no, no. I know. I get that. The, phone, the phones that we have also are the white pages, too. It's both items. I know. That's the thing. Oh, well, the funny thing, that just reminds me of a funny video I saw, and I don't remember if I told you this, and I don't remember if, I don't know if this was, like, someone being for real or if this was, like, one of those things where we, we've gone so far from certain technology that we're actually, like, circling back to sure. it. Sure, yeah. So this person was like, I'm a nanny, and I wanted to call one of the kids today, but, like, neither of them were answering their cell phones. So I wish we had a phone that was, like, in the house. Oh, God. It was, like, everybody's phone. And it, like, oh, stayed God. in the house. And it, like, maybe was attached to the wall. I don't know if it was, like, a joke or not, but it's pretty funny. And everyone was like, uh, that's called a landline. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is. But it is true. Like, sometimes it is good to have a household phone. Some of the time is it's good to have that. Like, um, yeah, I guess we've just moved so far away from like that model of things. I can't even like picture a phone in somebody's house that I've seen 
like in a very long no, time. No. And I do, I really feel like the household phone does need to be for like more than two people live in the house. Emergencies. <laughs> like, more, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, because otherwise it's like, what are we doing here? But like, anyway. Yeah, totally. Um, so he, he's flipping through the pages wildly and he finds an osteopath and he's like, oh, perfect. This is who I need to see. I also thought this was weird because the reason he thinks osteopath is the proper person is because osteo means bone. Oh. Like that suffix. I don't know what an osteopath even is. Well, that's the thing mm, is yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure, or prefix, I think, um, osteo. Yeah. See, th- I want to check because I'm pretty sure I had a friend who was an osteopath I knew it. I knew it. See, this is even wrong. So an osteopath doesn't mean someone who is good with bones, which is what you would think it means because of the osteo part. But in fact, um, osteopath, actually, wait, I want to make sure because osteo maybe doesn't mean bones. And most people, it says here, most people who see an osteopath would do so for help with conditions that affect yeah, affect the muscle, bones, and joints. Yeah. Lower back pain, blah, blah, blah. But so, yeah, like osteopaths um, are, the reason it's called an osteopath is they're like, they're medical doctors, but they're also kind of um, straddling. Chiropractic. Yeah, they're straddling the world of like alternative and um, yeah. standard medical practice sort of thing. Um, yeah. But they're not necessarily uniquely for bones like bones um yeah so he but he's off like a shot to find this osteopath (laughs) and he arrives at a weird office door that says m munigant is how i would how it looks to be spelled bone specialist Mm -hmm. and he walks in the doorway and there's a lot of x-ray images on the wall and he sees an articulated skeleton in like a case. Um, and then Munigant kind of appears suddenly from behind the skeleton. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I feel like just from this quote unquote waiting room, I'd mm-hmm. probably be like, I've made a mistake. I'm going to go. Also, number two time that I would make that decision would be the minute I saw that doctor. (laughs) Well, yes. If the room itself weren't enough, the doctor would be the further thing. Because as well, so Bert says like, oh, are you Dr. Munigant? And he's like, no, it's Munigant is how you pronounce it. Um, So vaguely Frenchy, which makes sense for Canada, I suppose. Um, but the way yeah. this doctor looks, do you remember his whole vibe? Yeah, he looks like, um, well, not exactly, but he looks kind of, I forget if he's wearing a hat or not, but, um, he looks like, what's the, what, what word do I want to use? <laughs> he looks creepy. Yes. Like, I mean, he looks, he looks Shifty, yes, is another word I might use. Sinister, I, he, sinister, yeah. And also to make very unnerving, and to make it to like round it out in terms of the costuming choice that they did for this guy, 
they've put him in like a kind of like a shaft duster jacket that yeah is shiny black like looks like plastic. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing black that's also yeah. a little um, yeah it's also off putting for a doctor to wear be wearing like full black and and the even sh- though i love to wear black yeah. myself and the shininess of it is weird it's like doubly odd oh. um it's yeah, because it, it makes him look sort of like a vampire. Yes, yes. And then um, in my handwritten notes, I wrote down, they go down a weird bone hallway. Um, <laughs> which... hate those. Those are the worst. It's true. Because uh, he's got various, like, different bits of bone hanging on the wall. Where, and this is where Moneyant <laughs> says that he's got the skulls of Antony and Cleopatra... Um, and as they're walking down the hall, uh, 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 wait, what? That would not make me, oh no, I'm just saying that would not make me feel good. I'd be like, did you steal them? No. Like, that's not what doctors are supposed to have. I mean, and he implies that he does steal them because he says something like, oh, oh, they never found their bodies. (laughs) I went to Egypt. Yeah. Like they never found Antony and Cleopatra's bodies, but I did. And it's like, what? Like, whoa. Um, and then, then he goes on to say that, so, because the whole time he's doing, like, weird, slimy, oily talk, and then he, yeah. he's like, oh, so you're here because you've got bone trouble. Have you ever considered that your, like, skin was too much? Like, that your flesh was too much for your skeleton kind of thing? Um That would be, after that question, that would be number three time I would leave. Well, I would be like... Why are you fat shaming me just for having flesh? Like, <laughs> I'm s- well, exa- well, but and also, what the hell does that mean? Have I ever thought that my skin is too big for my skeleton? Yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Like, isn't everybody's? I don't know. I don't know. Are we supposed to look like a skeleton in well, real life? I guess as this progresses, maybe that is what he would say we're meant to look like, even though he doesn't look like that either. Yikes. Um, yeah, excuse me, pot calling the kettle black. I know. So then he has Bert lay down on this weird scanning table that's kind of like a light table of sorts. Um, yeah. And he continues to have his weird kind of semi-medical patter going. And <laughs> then he like scans Bert and we get like, I there were a couple times where they did this image where they like, superimposed a skull on top of Eugene Levy's face. So it looked kind of Mm -hmm. like a ghostly skull over Eugene Levy's face. And it reminded me of whenever you go to the haunted mansion at Disney. Yes. And you, you, like there's that part where you go in front of a mirror and it does the same thing to you. Uh Um, So I was like, well, that's Uh fun. I like that. Um, That is fun. And then the weirdest part of all happens where Moneyant starts opening Eugene Levy's mouth real wide, um, which I didn't get and also looked very weird. Like it looked like a weird thing to do as an actor to like hold open some other person's uh, mouth yes. the way he was doing And it. he was putting his like face yes. in he it. He was like basically. moving his face toward Eugene Levy's mouth while holding it open. It was very weird. And but Eugene Levy kind of as an actor, I wouldn't like. As an actor, 
No, I would hate it, but I would also like have trouble not laughing. True. I would be like, this yeah. is so yeah. <laughs> invasive that like it would make me laugh. Yeah, because it would be like, this is making me uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So anyway, okay. it was it, so, it would be so uncomfortable because it would because yes. he was just like face in mouth. And you got I hope everyone had a breath mint involved in this. Oh my as god, well. I was just thinking that right now. I was like, if I had to do that scene right now, I was I just drinking like coffee. It would be yeah. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um so but nonetheless, in this moment, like Bert gets afraid and so he sort of freaks out and money and pulls back. He's like, okay, fine, instead I'll give you this special x-ray. So he gives him a whole body x-ray um mm-hmm. now i assume this is later that night though it's not entirely clear um yeah bert is I at confused home about time this time, whole show I yeah think. this the timing on this is extremely odd and, and unclear um mm-hmm. so bert's at home his wife clarice has made a lovely i couldn't tell if it was chicken or lamb but it was like something where there was like a lot of bones um <laughs> like on a plate i think th- I think that's like it looked like maybe a rack of lamb. I think yeah, would be okay, the thing that would sure, have bones like sure. that. Um, and Clarice is also eating. First of all, like I actually do like a nice little lamb chop. It's quite nice. Sure. Um, but you know what I don't do? I don't eat it like it's a chicken wing, where like I pick it up by the bone and, and like, you're like eat ah, it off. Ah, and yeah. that's exactly what Clarice was doing. And I was like, of course, what is this? Um, meanwhile, well, they just have to like punch that bone content. Indeed. And Bert is staring at the bones. <laughs> she's eating off the bones. Um, and then she lets slip that she's a nurse. And she's like, isn't it perfect? I'm a nurse who's got a hypochondriac for a husband. Um, again, we were talking about this before with Soylent Green. Like when when there's dialogue that's like jammed in there so that the audience knows what's going on. I'm like, I don't think it's actually relevant that she's a nurse for this but no she um, doesn't do anything really nursely and really no. anything that she does but okay cool you're a nurse um right and so uh, maybe the reason they tell that is because then she finds this x-ray that he's brought home and mm-hmm. she's like you've got to throw this away uh this hypochondria thing it's only exacerbating that sort of stuff so you like don't have this around the house and mm-hmm. Bert is already gone kind of weird because he's like, I need this because this will help me understand him. And she's like, him who? And he's like, my skeleton. So he's already talking about his skeleton oh. as though it's a different, it's like a it's different from being. him. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. Do they sure. ever make it clear? <laughs> Do they ever make it clear what he studies, like, himself? Like, what he is a professor of? Or That's a good question. I I don't remember if they specify what type mm. of professor okay. he is. I In okay. my mind, though, for some reason, I want to say English, but I'm not sure of that. Okay. He seems very, like, he could be an English professor, but also he could be, like, a bone professor. I don't know. No, because um. if he were a <laughs> bone professor, then he would know about bones. And he, he would clearly know that, doesn't. And he would, yeah, he would know that, like, his skeleton isn't, like, a separate being from himself. Yeah, like, I've, okay, so this guy, <laughs> this guy, between his neuroses and his lack of bone knowledge, he has to be in the humanities, like he can't be in the Zing, sciences boom, at all. Gotcha. That that is. I, I'm telling you, Amy, and I'm sorry to say this. If there is 
even one academic who's listening to this, they laughed at that joke. They got it. I'm sure. Um, and I like it's a it's very niche. Because <laughs> like, I did not get it. Just like all the best humor, it's incredibly niche and requires <laughs> explanation for it to really be funny. Yeah. Um I gotta think of a really good like musical theater joke to tell next or something. Oh boy. It's gonna be something about I don't have like, any. pal Joey or something horrible. <laughs> Oh, see, that was good enough for me. That just, and it's not even a joke. Um, um, so, so she's like, you got to throw this thing away. It's only like kind of feeding into your hypochondria, like whatever. But he's like so convinced. He's already gotten into this weird thing of thinking of his skeleton as like separate from himself. And he's like super yeah. involved in it such that later that night when Clarice actively tries to have sex with him, he's like too... He can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. He can't do it. Um, Then this is where time really starts to get confusing because I'm not sure if it's meant to be the next day or just a different morning or what. Um, But Bert wakes up and he is in the bathroom and he's weighing himself. And now, because in the previous scene where he was in the doctor's office, he was 186 pounds. And now he's 169 pounds. This is the part where I thought I missed something. This was the part where I thought I had, my attention had wandered and I had missed a part. So, (laughs) well, I mean, admittedly, it was very weird because he's in the bathroom and he starts out by being like, I've lost all this weight. And I think it's even happening in voiceover, which maybe makes it even more confusing. And he's like looking at his face and it, and I don't know, they did do some kind of makeup thing. So like his face looked quite a bit more gaunt. Than it had. Yeah. And he's like staring in the mirror. And then more of this like bifurcation of like, there's the him that's the flesh and there's the him that's the skeleton. And so he's like voice, his voiceover is like the flesh bit, but he's like talking about yeah. the skeleton bit. And then the skeleton bit starts to like attack him from the inside. And he's like, yeah. Acting as though he's in pain from it, but... I was very confused at this point. <laughs> I didn't know how that could happen, and they don't really explain how this his skeleton attacks him. But the attack no. kind of ends when Clarice comes in, and she's really upset at him because she's like... I mean, she's lost. basically just, like, cut the shit. Yes. <laughs> like, she basically comes in and is like, you're a psychopath. Yeah, she's like, you've really gone off the deep end with this hypochondria thing. She's like, you don't eat food anymore. You only eat pills. Like, so she's at her wit's end. So she, like, throws away all his pills. She burns up the body length x-ray in the fire. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess the response that Bert has, he's like, I can't take this anymore. And he leaves the house and he goes to a bar. Um... (laughs) At the bar. Such a male response. I mean, it's an anyone response. I've definitely, I've, even when I'm by myself, even when I'm by myself in my house, I'm like, I gotta get out of here. (laughs) Well, (laughs) like from away from yourself, you're like, fuck you. I hate you so much. No. Door slam. I'm out. (laughs) No. I understand storming out. Again, I think we've talked about this before. But yes. I've never had the I've never had the opportunity to or even fully if I had the storm opportunity, out. I never 
Yeah, I've never done it. Yeah. I hope to someday storm out of somewhere. (laughs) I feel like it probably is less – I feel like it's less rewarding in practice than it might be in theory. Sure. Because I think like if I am that mad, Mm -hmm. I would – it would just like – it would be hard to – anyway, I've never stormed out. But if I did – and I guess this must just be a me thing. I wouldn't – my choice – my place of choice would not be a bar. But I guess oh, many yeah. people that's, it is. That's because you're not a drinker and you don't find yeah. having a drink relaxing or like a way to like settle yeah. down. Um, yeah. I think I would so. just go for a walk. I would go for like an angry walk or something. <laughs> angry <laughs> like, walk. <laughs> you know? Yes. In his case, he goes to this bar – He sits at the bar, and he notices a very heavy man walk by. And as I said in my handwritten notes, he's in a plaid jacket. So this imagine a rather portly man wearing a plaid jacket as a choice. That's usually Um, what they wear. It at least in the eighties, it did seem to be a thing where it's like, "Hey, are you like a bigger gentleman? How about a really loud print? That's what you need." Literally, like- <laughs> when I think of when I think of a plaid jacket, I think of here. Here we go with our musical theater reference. I think of nicely, nicely Johnson in Guys and Dolls. Sure, and, and I think like of old- John Candy in Splash. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Yes, I do. I think or, actually, if we're talking or about Chris Farley and Tommy Boy, yes, if we're talking about plaid blazer, sport coat, I think they only come starting in XL, and then I'm not up kidding. I from there, I like truly. I don't know that I've ever seen a thin to mid-sized person wearing no. a plaid sport coat. No. I mean, there are things where, like, if you're, you could wear a very, how would I say, subtle kind of plaid suit. A person could do that. Um, sure. But no, and because this is, because this is like the premium 1980s version of this, where it's like yeah, the yeah. plaid jacket with like brown pants. And you're just like, totally. There's nothing that could and, and the, look and the plaid less jacket. flattering on you. And, <laughs> and the plaid jacket is like, base color is like powder blue. And or like, or white, white is a yeah. good choice as well Ooh, for this. So bad. And looking. and and your and your belly area. It, when we're doing it '80s style, first of all, it's pretty much only dudes. Um, yeah. But your belly area is actually so ginormous that <laughs> the jacket you've put on, it would actually be comical if you were to try and button it. Across, like it, uh, it clearly would yeah. never. I mean, it it, never it's, it's literally close. It's literally the scene from Tommy Boy where he sings <laughs> that guy in a little coat. <laughs> like it's literally what it is. <laughs> oh my god! So that's what this guy looks like. Thick Wilson. Yeah, looks like this. Um, oh he looks god. like every fat guy in an eighties thing ever. Um. <laughs> Yeah. It, the only way he could be more fat guy in an 80s thing is if he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And so he gets there. And um, because Bert has been losing weight, he stares at this guy in a very weird way. Um, he really has got to get that staring problem. And then he's like, out. are you on a special diet? And the guy's <laughs> like what? And he's like, are you on a special diet? 
to gain weight because I need to gain weight. And now what okay, I Okay, wait, time out. Time yes. the fuck out. Yes. If someone ever fucking said that to me, I know. I, I swear know. to Lucifer that <laughs> I would I would I'm not sure what the hell I would do, but I would be so offended. No, I know. See, this is the thing. This isn't maybe also a slight gender difference is like I'm fairly certain a woman would never ask another woman that question, no matter what the circumstances. Of course not. Like, it's just, it would never be said. Those words would never be uttered at all. No, of course not. And also, you know what? It's a really fucking dumb question. I'm going to say that too. Right. Because everybody fucking knows just like eat a milkshake, eat a burger, and eat a lot of that. Like done. Yeah. We all know the answer. Yes, I had an excellent <laughs> burger and milkshake uh, late lunch before St. <laughs> Patrick's Day just two days ago, and it was delightful. I loved everything and about it, but I certainly didn't think that I was like making a healthy going on a choice diet. or anything. <laughs> well, everybody knows it. Like everybody, it's pretty. It's pretty common knowledge. I think, like, the (laughs) – unfortunately, in our culture, like, the bigger question is, like, what do I eat to lose weight? How do I I lose weight? Gaining weight, I think, like, I guess – Maybe well, there are. Different, I'm sure but, there are people who need to be on a diet to gain weight for any number of sure. reasons. But the thing is, is those people don't look like this guy. Don't look like like Eugene fat Levy. They don't look like oh. Thick Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone who looks like Thick Wilson isn't on a weight gaining diet. Yeah, right, like, right, 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 right. Um, I mean, he right. is in the well, technical he sense. It. Yes, in the he technical sense. It. He says, I eat, he was like, eat a Philly cheesesteak, basically, is what he said, I think. Well, but I mean, so first of all, I was, when this first question was asked, are you on a special diet to gain weight? I thought the reaction was going to be like a smarmy comment and then Bert getting punched right in the fucking face. Like, that's what I yeah, thought yeah, it was going to happen. What actually yeah. happens, however, is that Thick Wilson starts rubbing his belly and, like, <laughs> talking about food very sensually and, like, yeah. talking about, like, all the types of things that he eats, you know, and, like, extra butter and extra cream and let it all slide down your gullet and turn into this, like, um, corpulent mass, like, all these things. Ooh. And I was like, oh, God, like, I don't like how he's saying these words Well, at the problem, all. Like, see... And you know why? What's like? It's interesting because after looking at the pictures of Ray Bradbury, which I forgot, like this is not meant as a slight, but he he was he not looks a, a small bit like man. this guy. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like he could relate to someone who was a bit bigger. Sure, and I feel like this line of romanticizing or sexualizing food is like quite problematic, and also like. Uh, it reinforces the idea that bigger people are just like disgusting oafs. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I mean, like, but I mean, I also, I just earlier in the week saw a different show where the premise was like, this was one of my sci fi shows. The premise was where someone 
who normally is a hologram, gets access to a physical body. And the first thing he starts doing is eating. And he realizes how amazing eating is. And... Well, like, that's true. I mean, I agree yeah. with that. But. And that's the thing is like, I love eating and you would never, I just talked about my hamburger milkshake lunch. Like, um, <laughs> and so. No, I do too. But you're I certainly don't think, not going to get I, from me any kind of like, oh, food is gross. But I don't no, love, no, 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 no. I don't love whenever someone talks about food in like, I don't know, in graphic terms somehow well like, de- and definitely not like sliding down my gullet and becoming yeah. a mass like I don't I don't want to think about that at all I like thinking about the taste the flavor the you know all of that stuff like fine I'm good I lo- also I'm someone who loves food but if you were to be like oh uh, think about how that just slides down your gullet and sits like a rock and you're something <laughs> like no <laughs> no that doesn't, that's not As- a good feeling as soon as the chewing portion is complete, I don't want to think about what's happening to my food anymore. Like, no. Um, no. And this is what he's talking about. It's like very intense. Um, yeah. This somehow turns too much as well for Bert, unsurprisingly. <laughs> so he turns away and sees himself in a mirror on the wall. And again, we get the haunted mansion like skull over face situation. He freaks out. He leaves the bar. He calls Moneyant. Moneyant then comes to do a house call. And this is where stuff really gets confusing, I guess I might say. Um, Yeah. So Moneyant comes to his house. Bert's sitting in a chair. He says that he's ready for whatever the final component of the procedure is. And he's willing to do anything for a cure. At this point, I'm not really sure what the cure is, but maybe the cure has to do with, like, the fact that his skeleton and him, his flesh seem separate now. Maybe that's the pro- new problem. Yeah. So he the wants a problem. cure for that. And so Moneyant is like, okay, open wide. He does so. And this was what happens next. I actually am not totally sure what happens next. And also what happens next is something that I had thought at one point had already happened, which is even more wild. (laughs) Yeah. So I think what happens is that we're supposed to understand that somehow through some kind of power, Moneyant is able to open up Bert's mouth so Mm -hmm. large that he goes inside of him. (laughs) Yeah. Somehow. Uh And then... Because he's like, he's kind of like, he's like a witch doctor. Like he's got, there's got to be some type of like witchy power situation happening. Right. And maybe that's why he needs to wear this raincoat all the time is because he's going inside (laughs) of people. What is he like, Miss Frizzle? (laughs) Yes. From Magic School Bus. From Magic School Bus. (laughs) And so he goes inside of him and then... Or I th- at least that's what I, it appeared to be, is that he goes inside of mm-hmm. him. Outside of the house, some moments later, Moneyant has come out and he's chewing on what looks like like a rib bone somewhere. Oh, I forgot that part, um, yeah. And, he, and Clarice walks up to see him and he sort of like runs away or leaves or something. And she comes in the house, and what does she find? 
I I struggle to figure out how to say this, but what she finds is her husband in a pile of flesh mm-hmm. and flesh alone mm-hmm. on the floor with googly eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, googly eyes. Out. And I want to say maybe even like shoes were sticking out at the bottom. <laughs> Um, but it, it honestly looks like if you remember, yeah, she was thinking out the bottom. You know what it kind of looked like? It kind of looked like, <laughs> do you remember those, um, pillows that were like, had people faces on them? Oh, they were like pillow people of, and they would have like of. little legs yeah, dangling yeah. out the bottom. It yeah. kind of looked like that. <laughs> yeah. And it also kind of looks like, I think there's a scene in Roger Rabbit where when Bob Hoskins goes to Toontown and he's in an, a tune mm. elevator and it goes up really fast. There's a scene where he flops down like it smashes and it's like a puddle mm. of his clothes with just his face like out of the floor. <laughs> it kind of mm. looks like that as well. Um, it's, it's very. And I want to say that weren't the Google eyes kind of blinking or something? Yeah. Was... Oh, they were moving around. Yeah. They were definitely oh, like, yeah, moving they around. Were. They were. And she screams. Of what course. the fuck would you do? Like literally, what the fuck would you do if you were if you <laughs> you walk in? First of all, you walk into your house and you see like a weird, creepy man in a like chewing a bone, like walking out of your house, right? And then you walk in and you see whoever it doesn't even even need to be your you spouse, just see but like whoever. someone you you might infer that it's your spouse, but you maybe can't be sure in that circumstance. I wouldn't. Yeah, that's a good point. I wouldn't necessarily be sure. I'd be like. Is, or is this a person? Even? Who are you? I, I, obviously, what is this? Like, obviously, as the audience, we just saw that Eugene Levy was standing right there, and now this is like a pile of skin on the floor, so we assume it's him. But if you hadn't seen that part, would you assume? <laughs> you, I don't know. Would you recognize your spouse as just a pile of skin? I guess. Okay, so what would you do with <laughs> The answer to this question for me is a multi-part answer because <laughs> the first thing I think I would do scream a lot yes um and like do that thing of like covering eye but like not covering my eyes and like not sure where to look and then I might need to to sit in shock for a while (laughs) Uh uh-huh I think it would be a big moment for me and then I would like to think I might call an ambulance or the authorities or something. Yeah. And I've watched then, too many. Then, the, then say, the thing becomes like, can we get the skeleton back? But do you know that's even what happened? Like, that's the well, other part. I like, I'm I mean, not sure that I would. In time, and do you, maybe. And you don't know who the hell that doctor is. Well, right. So but how there do you may, know how to get it back? There may be some way to eventually learn how to communicate with the flesh puddle that once was my husband <laughs> and is it does that stay alive well like, that's, does that it stay alive seems, it seems like he was alive because his eyes were moving and that's the other thing that's, that's true, the thing I was about to say is like in the what would you do part in the series of answers there comes a time when maybe like the the dust has settled to some degree and then I say am I now still married to this literal pile of goo <laughs> Like, can I see other people? You are like, now a flesh does, pile. Does, is this effectively like 
we're till death do us oh, part. Like, it, are you dead now? Effectively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, so can I just go away from you, or like, am I meant to stay by can your I side? Go away from you? For the rest of our lives. Sickness and like, health, bitch. Caring for you. Sickness and in health. Hey, man, I Which just... Sickness, sickness includes your bones being ripped out of your body and becoming just a pile of skin. Listen, I don't want to say anything against you and your marriage choices or anyone in their marriage choices, but I just saw on Twitter today, so you know <laughs> it's true, um, mm. that like... A significant portion of men tend to abandon their marriages when their wives get a chronic illness or terminal illness diagnosis. Oh. I mean, I yes, I think that's uh, yes. So <laughs> I don't think that that's I think that's so a fact. all I'm saying is why do I have to act any better than any man would because you know that if I turned into a pile of goo, my husband's not going to stay around and like pick up a nice shovel and carry me around town. That's oh, not going to happen. No. Um, That's so true. So why I'm, should I'm not I judging stick you for around? Leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not judging you for leaving a pile of skin um, because absolutely. I think, as you mentioned, many men would leave women for way less weird things um, yeah. and way less, yeah, so, so no, you do you. If you don't want to do the puddle of skin, that's that's totally. I it. just, I just, I would. I think what I would ultimately come down on is I would like be like I don't think I'm qualified anymore to do. This. No, that's too traumatic. Like, like that's, whatever that is, this that is, is, this is like real, <laughs> real medical professionals need to be involved, and I'm not oh, one yeah. of them, and so I gotta go. And never well, come and back. In that, right. And in that scenario, too, it's like, what do we believe in as in terms of, like, medical intervention? Right. True. Like, can this like, this pile of flesh have a life? I don't know. <laughs> like, um, And how would you – How? okay, okay, wait. Now, next question. If this pile of flesh is effectively still alive, how do you – kill a pile of just flesh well i mean if all money it took was the skeleton which i think it is because we should finally just like wrap up the show because the show (laughs) ends we're back in money office and money has laid out bert's entire skeleton articulated perfectly with glasses on, which I thought I was a good touch. Um, yeah. And that's like the end of the show and like another person knocks on his door and that's the end of the show. But like, yeah, in terms of is Bert somehow still alive? I think he is because like he's still got a brain because a brain isn't a skeleton. Wait, where's he's the t- brain at? The brain is like probably the central lump inside of you at that point well i know but i didn't see anything that could have been like bulbous enough for a brain well in that i pile of flesh i feel like when they made the pile though, organs no when they made the pile underneath the google eyes the google eyes were like slightly raised which i think is meant yeah. to indicate that there was like a a brain a bigger pile yeah like a brain bulge because also the Ew. other thing is, is like if you don't have a skull to keep your brain encased, 
maybe it would also be a little bit more jelly-like, and so it would like sort of spread Ooh. out a bit more than normal. And what about um, and like all the organs and too, all your organs like same would type still of thing? be there? Yeah, all your organs would still be there. So like in that sense. You're still alive. Wouldn't it also be like a bloody mess too? Well, yes. I mean, this is just, this is a fake thing, but. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought it was real. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, like, so in, in the realm, in the world that this imagines, um, he's still alive and so I guess conscious, um, oh, God. which would be terrible, truly awful. Um and so then that does raise questions for what happens. There's a lot to of moral questions that come out of it <laughs> like, afterward. Yeah. Um, which luckily we do not have to dive into, thankfully. Mm. Um, so that's it. That's the show. Um, Oof. And that show was 23 minutes, and we talked about it for like twice, more than twice that time <laughs> um, because there was a lot going on. Um, now, yeah. Let's turn to yawns and eye rolls. One yawn is I was engaged the whole time. Ten yawns is I was never engaged. What would you give it? <laughs> uh, I would say like a solid two. It was twenty five mm. minutes. It, I was I was in it, but I but you know I can always be like a little bit more focused. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I guess I would just give it a one because it just was too short for me to really like lose yeah. concentration. Um, and then for eye rolls, which maybe is where Ooh. we'll see some things. Um, one eye roll is, um, yeah, this world was fully realized and I understood what was going on. And 10 eye rolls is like, I'm not sure that this world was ever fleshed out and I didn't understand anything. What would you say? Well, I do like the wordplay with being fleshed out. Ah, good one. But, I didn't even notice. <laughs> but I think I would say, I'll probably say like an eight. I was mm, I was quite mm. confused about this yeah. world and yeah. and specifically this one man's world view. Indeed. Um, yeah. Do you mean Bert's or do you mean Dr. Moneyance or both? Both, I guess. Both of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like an eight, I think. Yeah, I think. I'm inclined to agree with an eight as well because, like, I just, I'm like, what does he want? What does he want these skeletons? Yeah. Because, like, at first, I was like, oh, he eat, he lives off of skeletons. Like, that's his right. food. But then the skeleton was articulated in his, in his office, and I was like, so he right. doesn't eat them. So then what does he use them for? But I guess... It is more in line with what you were saying before is that he's like a witch doctor and maybe there's some sort of essence that he gets or like, from this process. Yeah, some type of power. Yeah. yeah some type of power from the skeleton itself. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Because maybe is, is this, is the soul in the skeleton is like, are they trying know. to like get at that? Or maybe the thing of like where the first time, like when he got, Bert to think of his skeleton as separate from himself, maybe that creates some kind of energy or something or like a yeah. ritual that needs that yeah. is completed once you take the skeleton, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
Because as well, I also was like, oh, does that mean this Antony and Cleopatra throwaway thing that he was talking about before? Are we meant to think that he's been alive since That he then? murdered them? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know about that. Right. So there's a, there are yeah. questions that I don't need every question answered, but slightly more than there this. There are some big ones. Would yeah. have been nice. And, and I don't think yeah. it would have had to be longer. It could have just had like a couple, like add a sentence or two, and then yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. with Yeah, I think there's, there could have been some um, clarification. And in there. also make a joke about the window washer thing, man. Like, what's that all about? <laughs> um, so finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? Um, yeah, sh- I mean, it was super weird. Sure. I like weird things. Uh, what I would recommend is maybe the show as a whole, because I feel like there mm, probably are right. some, even if I did, like, this particular episode wasn't, like, my favorite thing in the world. Um, I think the show as a whole is probably is interesting to folks. Mm. Um, and it is available on Amazon Prime, so you Easy can, to can get. find it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I would – yeah, that's what I would recommend is the show as a whole and then you can kind of pick and choose your episodes that sound interesting to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I liked this episode. Um, not not really my bag. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm happy to accept that as a whole the series might be a bit of a nice kind of thing to have on your docket when you want that more like 20 to 25-minute range show um Mm -hmm. and also like as i was indicating at least some of them have some pretty good guest stars which is fun right um so yeah i would say maybe i didn't like this episode i might recommend the series as a whole yeah um easy to find pleasant Mm -hmm. to watch probably in general um Mm -hmm. and yeah that's it that's all we gotta say about yep. Ray Bradbury Theater. Um, I am Sarah, <laughs> and I'm here with Amy, and we will see you next week in space. Ooh. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.